into church that the person speaking has to sit at the back. <laughs> My name's Kent, as Johnny said. Um, I want to repeat what Johnny said. He is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let's try that again. Well, you did it better, but then again, you had a script. He is risen. It's great to say that because with Easter, we're entering into what's the biggest Christian celebration of the year. And when you stop to think about if you went around the world today and asked people what their faith was, a third of the people on our planet today would claim to be Christian. That's a pretty awesome thought that that's what we're entering into. In some places, that's joyous, like here. Some places, it's painful if you've heard the news about Sri Lanka this morning with the bombings in the churches, but we are a giant family that stretches around our world. But let's remind ourselves of the Easter story. If you have one of the church Bibles, it's on page 1089, but I will be reading it out. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him, went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them 
that he had said these things to her. So in this passage, we've been reminded of the tomb. But looking at the empty tomb is an Easter morning experience. We have to remind ourselves that Jesus had been living with the disciples in, in real time. We never had that opportunity. But they lived and they ate and they slept and they everything with Jesus. And their experience in the last few days has been really tough. They've gone through seeing Jesus arrested, tried, tortured, killed on the cross, and then being dead in the tomb. So they've gone through discouragement, fear, death. And then suddenly, they have the joy of today. Jesus is alive. That's why the disciples could believe in Jesus as a resurrected Lord was because they saw him. They could say he is risen, he is risen indeed because they knew he was dead and they saw that he was risen. But how about me? Why do I believe in Jesus? I didn't get to live through this with the disciples. If I'm honest much like we saw here this morning, I inherited my faith from my parents. Well, why did my parents believe? My parents believed because of their parents and many ways, their parents and the church that for centuries and centuries handed down the story of Jesus's death and resurrection. Why do you believe? For those of you who have been part of the church here for a long time, who some of the rest of us are just joining, this church is probably part of what's helped you believe. There's been something like 90 Easter's, didn't check the numbers, you should always do that before you stand up to speak. Something like, how many? 80. Well, that's almost 90, you're trying. Okay, there's been, that's still not a bad number. 80 Easter's celebrated here. So that's a lot of passing on this story of faith. But if I'm honest, I don't look at Jesus now the way I did when I was a child and my parents handed that faith across to me. When I was a child, Jesus, no, go back to the last one, that was right. We're trying to do this. I don't have a clicker, so we're trying to give meaningful looks and we're, for me as a child, this was very much my picture of Jesus. Jesus was a friend Jesus was loving, he was caring. And in many ways, Jesus was for me a great example how I should act, how I should treat my brothers, not that I did very much. Um, So that was the, the challenge. But the problem with that was because Jesus was an example, it meant because he was good, I had to be good. I had to try and be as good as Jesus. I felt like God would only like me if I was really good. I felt it was all about what I could do, and so I was always working, and I was never good enough. Meaningful look. There we go. It's working. But as I grew up and got older, went to university, I started to meet people 
whose faith in Jesus gave them joy. My faith in Jesus created stress because I was just trying to be good all the time. But I was meeting people who were thrilled because they knew Jesus. And that started me searching. It put me on a journey of faith. And if you jump back to the scripture that we were just reading, there's a stage at which we see Peter and the disciple who Jesus loved on a journey of faith. It it says, so Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. There's a stage where the angels say to Mary, who is it you're looking for? That's about a journey of faith. We know something about Jesus, but there's more to find out. And the thing that I struggled with, and which many people in today's world struggle with, is that Jesus claims to be special. It's easy for Jesus to be an example. The problem is when Jesus starts saying, I'm the son of God. He starts saying, I'm God's only son. But Easter, with the death on the cross and the resurrection, is a great test of that. Because you can say I'm special, but you don't come back from the dead unless you are. You can't defeat death unless you're life. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And by coming back, he proved that he really was. So there's a place where Jesus has to switch in your mind from being a great man to being Lord. And that happened for the disciples. We see that again in the scripture reading where it talks about the the, the, the disciple who went in second. It says, he saw and believed. He'd been with Jesus nonstop, 24-7 for three years. And he'd seen how great Jesus was, but there was a special moment when he saw Jesus was more than even what he had thought Jesus had been. And that needed to happen to me too in my mind, and there was a moment, don't have time this morning to go into it, where I encountered God and I finally did believe and Jesus switched from man to Lord in my experience. And because of that, I can today say, he is risen. He's risen indeed because I know he has. And now for me, it's not about what I could do. It's not about how good I can be. It's about what Jesus did on the cross. And for each person, Easter is a great time to ask that crucial question, is, was Easter really true? Is that story that's been passed down by the church, that's being proclaimed today in our songs, in communion when we get to it, in my speaking, is it true? But really the question is, is it true for you? doesn't matter what I believe for you. What's important is, is it true for you? And knowing Jesus changed everything for the disciples. As they lived with him in real time, he affected their life. They became more like him. They reached the stage where they could believe that he really was as special as he was. But we, if you know Jesus, if you're a Christ follower today are still living with Jesus because he is still alive. You should still be being changed by Jesus. So my challenge to you 
this morning is a very simple question of, do you believe? Because in many ways, Easter isn't true until you meet Jesus. Easter was true for Mary when she met Jesus at the tomb. If you read on in scripture, there's a stage where some of the disciples didn't believe until they meet Jesus again face to face and they can touch him and put their hands into his holes in his hands and touch his side where he was stabbed with a spear. But what I can say to you is, if you believe in Jesus, really, it will change you. And when you see how much it changes you and the joy that it brings, like I saw in those people so many years ago, you will want to tell others about it. And that's why our scripture reading finished with Mary going back to the disciples and saying, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Once you really meet Jesus, you can't hold it in. You have to tell others. Way back at the start, Johnny had us say the, he is risen, and we responded, he is risen indeed. And probably most of you said it because you're in church and you're nice people. And when somebody at the front says to say something, you say it whether you believe it or not. So my challenge to you is, can you really say that and mean it? If so, If you can, then your challenge for you today is to say, okay, live with Jesus 24-7 like the disciples did. He's still alive. He still wants to bless you. He still wants to change you. Easter is a challenge to draw close to him again and keep drawing close like the disciples did. If you can't say it with confidence, that's fine. The important thing is to know that's where you are because you've never really met him yet. And there was a long time before I did, even though I knew the Easter story, even though I knew the stories about Jesus, I had not really met him. And if you're at that stage, I'd say to you, search for him. Start a journey of faith, because it's worth it. And Jesus, meaningful look, and Jesus, is there at the end of your search waiting for you. If I could invite the band to come to the front. I'd like to pray. So uh, you can stay sitting there. You can close your eyes, keep your eyes open, whatever you want to do. God's not bothered. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you did send Jesus. Lord, we thank you that Jesus showed us what your love was like because he was so radically different than the world around him. Lord, thank you that you brought him back from the dead to prove that he was your son because that had never happened before. It's never happened since and we needed you to prove it. So thank you, you did. Thank you that you've sent your Holy Spirit to live with us and to help us be the kind of people you want us to be because we're not good enough on our own. We need your help. So Lord, I want to pray for the people sitting here. First, for Jacob and his family, Lord, that he will be blessed and that he will find out more about you and grow in you 
as he grows and that you'll help his parents to be a good example and explain things to him. But Lord, I want to pray for everyone else sitting here as well, that they're here today in your space. And I pray that you'll help them to have an experience of your love today, whether they know you closely or not right now, that draws them closer to you, that helps us all to be that much more convinced of your love for us. And Lord, I pray for us as we go out into this community, that you'll help us to show your love to them. I pray for the people living in this community who have so many needs and so many problems and so many challenges, that Lord, you'll find ways through us and through others to break into their lives and meet the needs that they're facing. And Lord, we pray that for the whole world as well, particularly with Sri Lanka in mind, with the explosions in the churches there and also in hotels. Lord, I only know a little about it, but you know what's going on, that you'll step in and use that again somehow that Christians can encourage each other, can help meet the needs of people that are not Christians that have been hurt, that somehow it will be not just violence and death, but a chance somehow for care and love and hope to break in. Help bring forgiveness because those are such tough situations when it's hard to deal with that. But Lord, thank you. The reason we can do all this praying is because of what Jesus has done. We thank you again that he has risen indeed. Amen.